live from Liverpool, we need to talk about ghosts with Kevin Eustace. Yes, it's Sunday. It's time for a Sunday sermon. And similar to last week, um, this is a pre-record. So there won't be any Patreon shouts out this week, just to let you know. So if you're waiting for your name to be sung, it will be in next week's episode. And the reason this is a pre-record is I have yet again... I'm having to travel to London on uh, this weekend. It's for very good reasons. So, as our Patreons found out midweek, I'm now letting you all know, I will be going to London on Sunday to do some filming. Yes, I will be filming for Cursed Films Season 2 on Sunday in the big smoke known as London. Yes. Now, this kind of... Well, it doesn't tie in with the call today, but it kind of does. So I'm doing a piece on Rosemary's Baby and the curses surrounding that for Cursed Films. And I've got to get myself down to London, stay over, and then get the first train back and all this carry on. It's a bit of a schedule and nightmare, hence me doing a pre-record. But the call you're going to listen to today, because it's an interview today with Alex, a wonderful guy. Um, We have an amazing chat, and it's terrifying, I promise you with that. Um, That day, I was doing a lot of research for this upcoming filming thing about Rosemary's Baby, and obviously it's all about the devil and stuff like that. So I was already in the mind space of a very dark sort of occulty demonic sort of place and then Alex comes on with the call you're going to hear and it just literally sent me into this like proper freaked out mode not during the call what didn't help as you will hear is towards the end of the call um there's a bit of paranormal activity in the flat now thankfully this was witnessed by Alex on zoom and he's looking at me it was about 11 o'clock in the night here in the UK um he was in Vegas so yeah, I mean, you'll hear all this on the call, but basically you could see me, you could see both my hands and something happens behind me. Um, yeah, and it wasn't good. It's not good to see that when you're in a mindset of already demons, devils. Oh, it's dead weird. Anyway, so that's very exciting. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. So yes, if you're a new Patreon, your name will be sung next weekend. And if you're not a Patreon, the question is, why aren't you? Not only will you be supporting the show, but you get two extra shows each and every week. One we release on a Wednesday, which is me just having a ramble for those who like that sort of thing. And the other on a Sunday, which is today, you get a paranormal one, which is recorded properly with, with this microphone and all the proper setup. And this week we're going to be talking about gin. Yes, not the spirit. Well, still spirits, but not like the Mother's Ruin kind from London, where you go, Eo, governor, give some gin to my mother. Um, the gin, as in the spirit from the Middle East, yes. Is it Islamic? I don't know. Possibly. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We'll find out together on Patreon. So if you want to become a Patreon, and of course you get your name sung out, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. As I say, you support the show, and you'll ensure this show, the free feed, keeps on going. And that can only be a good thing, can't it? Can't it? I don't know. Can it? Yes. Anywho. So, yes, as it's a pre-record, we're just going to get right into the interview with Alex. It's fantastic. It's terrifying. It's Alex. Sorry, Alex, that was a bit of a big build-up. You're not terrifying. Your stories are terrifying. This is Alex. Okay, so it is my absolute pleasure to introduce all of our wonderful listeners to the wonderful Alex. Now, Alex is actually currently in Las Vegas on a holiday, and he's gone back to the hotel to talk about ghosts. That's my type of person. How are you doing, Alex? I'm good. Uh, It's really hot out here. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. It's um, it's cooler here, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, and so you were saying you've managed to get away because you're just celebrating the end of COVID, and your sister's just graduated. That right? Yes, sir. Perfect. Excellent. And have you had any wins on the the casino table? Uh yeah, actually a little bit. No, uh, you know, we won. I think two dollars off of one uh, after uh, twenty five cents. Amazing. Oh. That's a hell of a return, really. What's that times eight? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Eight times I coming think so, back. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. But obviously, we're not here to talk about um, your wonderful holiday or anything to do with gambling, really. We're here to talk about ghosts. So, Alex, you reached out and said you'd like to come on the show for you have some paranormal tales that you'd like to share. Right. So, um, uh, my, my story, I guess, goes back, I'd say, about 1950. I think all this really starts uh, on my mother's side on on to my grandfather um mm. so we've i've kind of noticed that my uh my side of the family doesn't really like talking about anything ghost related yeah all this that i've learned um has come from my grandmother who's been very reluctant to you know talk about it she doesn't she has that old mentality of don't talk about it don't think about it it'll just go away yeah and i just you know, I just want to shed a little light on it, see what's, what everybody's, uh, if it lines up with anybody. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I guess let's start with my grandfather. So what I've been told is that one night him and his brothers went to an abandoned, uh, I think it was elementary school. Yeah. And, and mind you, a lot of people did this back then. They would go and just drink. So they would go drink all night, wouldn't come home until about five in the morning or when the sun came up. Yeah. So, so what I've been told is that he and his brothers were drinking and then they decided to leave because they were already, they finished the bottles. And as he's walking home, a man on a horse, a man on a horse comes up next to him. And I'm sure you've seen um, uh, mariachis the mariachi suits that everybody yeah. wears. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, am so, I right? I mean, I may be getting this completely wrong. Is it similar to like a sort of Three Amigos outfit? I mean, I might be yes. dating myself there, but. <laughs> yes, basically just like that. Okay. So along the pants, there's these little bells, mm. usually. Um, and he said he heard that first. So he was already concerned that he was being followed. Eventually, he pulls up next to him and he offers him a cigar. And he's like, no. He's like, you know, he's already messed up, but he's like, no, I don't want a cigar. Yeah. And he keeps walking with him alongside. He goes, I'll give you, uh, I think it was 200 pesos, which is a lot of money back then and a lot of money now. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. And he gets home. He turns around. The guy's completely gone. There's no horse tracks, nothing. The wow. grass where he was walking by, undisturbed. I did research. Apparently, it's the devil incarnate following him story goes that if you accept anything from him he snatches you away and takes you down to hell what on earth and where about was that mate sorry uh it's in i think Puebla, mexico about 30 miles out of mexico city wow it's in a rural it's in a rural city there was, you know what, honest to God, Alex, there was a, there was, it reminds me, there was a story um, somebody sent me in a good while back, and it stuck with me forever. It's a very similar story to what you've just said there about your grandfather. 
um, about a man on a horse turning up and asking, knocking on a door, and um, the wife of this person, it was in, it was in South America again, um, or that way's away anyway, and uh, and it was again, it turned out to be the devil. So mm-hmm. I've heard that story as well. Yeah, I think that one it comes in uh, the same. I, I think it's called the um, they in legend they call it El Mariachi Negro, which is the black uh, mariachi. Wow. I mean, you know, it's it is absolutely terrifying, and I know for a fact because it's um, it's nighttime over here in the UK. So I've currently just got the lamps on in the in the in the flat, and Becca's asleep downstairs. And although that shouldn't strike up, uh, you know, it doesn't sound maybe because I've associated it with the Three Amigos, and but um, you know, you would always see as well. Is, is there any sort of like link between? Because you often see on the um, the Day of the Dead, you know, you'll see that that the float of a, a mariachi person like a skeletal mariachi person mm-hmm. as well is there a link between that and this individual uh yeah so typically um in the day of the dead um they wear that because that's what ranchers would usually wear or people that okay. um hurdle hurdle cattle and stuff that's where vaqueros come from cowboys that's usually what their attire used to be so he did say that when he l- tried to look at his face it was just uh black blacked out like you couldn't see and the, and wow. the moon was out it was a full moon yeah you, you couldn't see his face at all that's terrifying and, and yeah and so obviously it's straight well it's not strange it makes perfect sense that if you have an, a meeting with the devil himself you don't want to talk about that so <laughs> you found out that story through your grandmother was it yes so he passed he, he left us in 2018 um and she told me this about a year later so 2019 but she did say that over the years, um, because you know he died here in the U.S. in Texas with yeah. us, and she said that every everywhere she he would go, he would see him far away, far away without the horse, but he would see him standing far away. She said that uh, I think two months before he passed, he was at the um, we had a driveway where we used to live, and they live there now. Yeah, um, he would stand at the front of the driveway and eventually he would get closer and closer as the days got closer to his passing. Oh my. I could your grandmother see him as well. Uh, I, she didn't want to answer that. So I would assume yes, but then, you know, she's very, she was, it took a lot of prodding to get her to answer these questions. Yeah. I bet you it did mate. So it's kind of like a, I know that in legend, it's the devil, but it sounds more like a psychopomp there, doesn't it? Like a Grim Reaper sort of character. If um, if he's getting closer as the as your grandfather's passing, grew close to. It seems, it seems like that. But she said that he met him when he was in his mid to early thirties, wow. and he passed in his eighties. So he's been big, he's been followed by that guy since. Well, I've just got a shiver. Ago. Just got a shiver thing. Yeah. Imagine being followed by the devil for that amount yeah. of time. Yeah, oh because God. apparently. Apparently, when he turned around, <laughs> it, this is my grandfather in a hundred percent. He started cursing at him. He's like, yeah. "You piece of crap, get out of here! If I see <laughs> you again, you're gonna get a good ass whooping." This, that, and the other. And that's that was him all the way. Um, he didn't take nothing from nobody. And it, it the fact that he stood up to that guy or whatever it was, yeah, it reflects him a lot. I mean, tell you what though, it also it proves the. Um... It, it ver- verifies the story for me as well. Because if your granddad was like that in terms of the fact, you know, he'd be like, no, I'm going to knock you out if something goes on. And mm-hmm. then 
and then he comes back and says, I'll give you 200 pesos. Do you know what I mean? It, most people, if somebody says, I'm going to punch you in the face, you go, don't you? You don't, you don't turn around yeah. and come back with a higher offer. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that kind of led into um, my next story. Mm. Um, my uncle, his son, um, from, this is from my mother's side. She told us when we were younger, but she never really explained what happened. Mm. And I asked her again before I left. Um, she said that one night, or I think it was about the afternoon, about five, before the sun went down. Um, you know, we're, we're devout Catholics. My family has always been devout Catholics. So yeah. they went around the house, um, I think doing the Stations of the Cross. Right, yeah. You know, do Stations of the Cross, Hail Marys, Our Fathers. And she said, I think around the third, I think it was the third um, uh, petition, mm. he just stops. Like they're walking together, hand in hand, linked together, and he just stops. They can't move him. They can't do anything. So they're, they just start praying louder. All of a sudden, he just says, stop. He says, stop. And he just starts saying the most vitriol things at them. He's just calling them, you're disgusting. You're pieces of this, that, and the other. And mind you, he's three, three years old, saying words that, wow. us, that would put shame to a sailor. Wow. Yeah, wow. and she said that his voice at that age was a little high pitch, but whenever he started speaking and throwing these insults at them, mm. it it dropped to like a low, deep baritone, like an opera low singer. Wow, like a, deep, and it shook the house. A three-year-old. Like see, yes, it could, they could see rocks coming down from the tin roof. Oh my god! And you know what? Just Unless you know off the top of your head, do you know what the third station of the cross is? I'm a Catholic, but I'm a very, very lapsed one. I, um, I don't remember. I'll have a quick Google just to see if it's relative to that third station of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. The third station of the cross is he falls for the first time. Oh. That I've just got a shiver when I've wow. said that. I have <laughs> literally just gone cold. I have goosebumps. Well, same here, mate. Same here. Now... Wow. For those uh, non-Catholics amongst our listeners, Station of the Cross is, I mean, some people have them in the house. Where we, I only know them from church, but they were positioned mm-hmm. around the church normally. Um, is it 1 through 12? I'm not 100. I should know that. But, um, and it basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it basically shows Christ's journey to the, to the crucifixion. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously what Alex is saying is that a three-year-old boy at the third Station of the Cross where Christ falls for the first time, is starting to growl and be offensive and say words that are beyond his comprehension. Yes, and it it terrified her. I, I think to this day, she's still um, shook about it. Yeah. Um, they said that they just started praying, like they encircled him, like they to where he wasn't shaking anymore. Hmm. So they all hugged him, and then they just kept saying, um, I think, just kept uh, praying over him. And then eventually, he, I think, uh, I guess, passed out. Yeah. Did he stop? And from then on, you know, he hasn't, that hasn't happened. Wow. Wow. So it, it's a strange, well, it's not a strange thing again, but it's, it's an interesting thing that you, it's you, your grandfather um, has an encounter with what we can surmise is, is the, a legendary version of the devil. Um, his son is now also having a, a kind of a reaction to a religious influence as well. Is that a common theme, do you think, within your family history or 
it it seems like yes because um again uh during new year's they have a tradition uh, my family has a tradition of praying rosaries yeah. um and apparently i think in 2013 14 they were just doing a rosary outside um, you know because new year's had just happened so they were outside they just praying a rosary sort of the year to go go good for them and then all of a sudden they hear the this this just loud scream laugh like loud scream and then high-pitched cackle coming from the woods that's right next to our house what and then a fog rolls in oh my god <laughs> and what do we any idea what that's meant to be or what that's meant to signify they have no idea they just they, i think they ended up finishing the rosary quicker and they everybody left I love the I love the commitment that they still finished the rosary though. That's Catholics for you. Well done. Yeah. Um. So seriously though, th- that woods is is it is it renowned to be haunted? Is there anything that's taken place there that might sort of we can speculate it might be caused by? I I'm not sure. I've done research on uh, where our house was. Uh, apparently, the house was built in like the 1960s. Um, there's mm-hmm. only been one family before ours. Uh, they they never said they lost anyone there. Um. I couldn't find anything about these woods. My theory is that our family is not cursed, but marked in some way. Yeah. Uh, um, because, you know, and I, this isn't hyperbole. This isn't me uh, embellishing anything. Yeah. Almost everyone in my extended family on my mother's side have paranormal experiences. Wow. And, yes. and it's not just... They're not just here in Texas. They're in. They're from New York, Tennessee, and I can I could probably list two three hours of everyone's story. And is that that's that's fantastic? I mean, well, it's not fantastic for them, obviously. But I mean, is there any sort of um, can you see any sort of causal effect behind that? Like, is there a seventh son of a seventh son, or similar, or anything that you could pinpoint and say it probably ties back to great uncle, whoever not really i don't see i I, i've done the research but i don't see any correlation to what could be but like i said my guess was the the meeting my grandfather had that one night well that will do it i mean you know if if you if you're meeting the devil himself and declining his advances um yeah and the way he did it too because i'm holding back i mean i'm keeping a little pg but yeah he said some very you know not nice things to the devil himself Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, so I didn't even think about that. So if, I mean, it seems a strange thing to say, but if you've offended the devil, um, you know, that's not the sort of, well, I'm laughing, but he's not the person you want to offend, really, is he, I suppose, out of literally everyone in the world. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though, because I, I, I've i noticed this when I'm talking about dark stuff, such as um, black magic, demons, devils, and stuff. It, it seems to all congregate on one day, and today I've been doing quite a bit of research into the film rosemary's baby for another project that i'm doing on the weekend and Mm -hmm. um literally before i took this call the sentence i've just written down is is a quote from sharon tate and she says she's quoted as saying uh that the everyone thinks the devil is an ugly person but he's actually quite handsome once you see him and it's kind of always been held up there as in like why would she even say that sort of thing and it's strange that I've literally just finished that and now we're talking about, he feels close, I'll be honest, as I'm talking, he feels close. 
Um, not an ice yeah. So tell us, tell us some more then, Alex. If you've got any more uh, paranormal tidbits that we can go over. Yeah, uh, we can. I guess start moving into my immediate family. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, myself. Obviously, my two parents are still with us. My mother, my father, um, my younger sister, who's about twenty-one, and my youngest brother, who's fourteen. Um, I can start off with my sister because she's right here uh, with us um, yeah. on the bed. She's she can verify anything I say about her. Um, we where my grandparents live is where we used to live, where he, where my grandfather saw uh, the figure in the driveway. Right. We used to live there. Um, then I think around 2009, right before the stock market crash in the U.S., we moved to a bigger house. It was it's brand new. We saw the land. Um, you know, without a house or anything. Yeah. Uh, we get, we get the house built. And I think, I think a year later or two years later, we switched rooms because I had the bigger room upstairs mm-hmm. and she had a smaller one. So obviously the girl gets the bigger room. So we switched. Yeah. Yeah. I think eventually later she says she starts seeing, um, she said at first it started off with the closet door just opening. Mm. Right. It just opened. She's like, oh, that's weird. And then it, it became to where anytime that she would argue with my mother or my father, it would just violently open, like like somebody slammed it open. Wow. She said one day she got an argument with my mother and she had a shelf um, where all her jewelry was. She said she got an argument with her. As she opens the door, she hears a clang and all her jewelry is in a circle, a perfect circle. And the main jewelry box is in the middle. Wow. And then the door, the door in the closet slams shut. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. It's so, you know, because that's, that's obviously poltergeist activity there. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how old was your sister at that time? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, let me ask her, how old were you during that time? She said around 11 or 12. Wow. So she's going through yeah. a, tra- a transformative st- age there as well, which is often tied in with poltergeists, as we know. But um, yeah. what's really interesting about that, though, Alex, as well, is um, I, there's two p- personal friends of mine that uh, one who's reported uh, going into a, a poltergeist active bedroom, and their jewelry boxes have been stacked in height order. You know, so again, there's like a symmetry to it. And the other person, again, um, to do with poltergeist, they were kind of the jewelry in the situation. They had their bed pulled out and playing cards scattered around in a circle around the bed. Um, so there's this thing about symmetry, which seems to be some something to do with the poltergeist phenomena, whether it be something that your sister was subconsciously projecting out. Um, as you, it's interesting you say that it kind of got heightened when she would argue with your parents, mm-hmm. um, like a reaction. But, I mean, by all means, obviously continue with your, your story of your family. Yeah, so she said a while, like, after a while that happened with the circle, um, you know, like, everything kind of calmed down. And then it came ramping a lot, uh, a lot harder because she said she would eventually start seeing, uh, the, you know, the, the, the door opening again. Yeah. And then a black shadow would move out and stand in, right in front of her uh, bed. Wow. and just stand there and then she would walk in sometimes and see him standing in the corner and then shoot up into the corner and disappear into the corner and yes and then one time uh 
I had an ex-girlfriend. She'd yeah. stayed at my house with me and us. And I went downstairs to get something. This was like eight at night. Hmm. So I go downstairs and I hear her just scream like, oh my God, what was that? Are you, are you up here? And I was like, and I run upstairs. I'm like, what happened? She's like, I, I thought you were in our living room. Because from my room, you can see into the living room. Yeah. I was like, no, I was downstairs getting some water. She was like, I saw someone in like full black attire standing in the, um, wow. in the hallway to the living room. And, you know, that's petrifying. And, and again, it, yeah. it's, it, there's a thing with um, corners of rooms, you know, a, a, an Irish girl who's uh, a very good friend of mine, her mother is into angels and demons and spirituality and all this. And she is adamant that in a, in a house that's haunted, if it's a negative spirit, it will hide in the top corners of rooms. That's where mm -hmm. it will be. Um, and she says, if, if, if there's an evil spirit, that's where it's going to hide in the corner of a room. So it's so interesting that you, like it was seen to be flying off into the corner of the room. Yeah. It, it, uh, for her, it was pretty scary. Um, I remember trying to console her times, you know, not, yeah not think about it so that it wasn't it wouldn't affect you but it it has scared her uh, a good amount of course yeah so that's your sister's paranormal story so anyone else yeah. within your immediate family have any paranormal encounters uh yes um so my youngest brother thankfully he's you know safe and um and everything he's healthy mm -hmm. but uh two days after my grandfather died in 2018 he he was found to have i think the doctor said the rarest brain tumor oh my god um they've ever found they said no one has ever had this type so you know we went through all this stuff um and i think during the middle of it i overheard him and i had to clarify with him what he said he said that i think two months prior to you know being diagnosed so this was probably or i think three months september 2017 yeah he said that when he was sleeping upstairs in his room um he he hardly ever slept in his room prior because you know he was a little kid and he didn't like sleeping by himself so he said he would sleep with our parents yeah um so the one time he went to go sleep up there he he was I think around two in the morning, mm. he felt as if uh, his closet, which was a double door, kind of creaked open and that something crawled out like a snake what? and then just touched the, like, the top of his, like the crown of his head and just stayed there for a little bit and then just retreated back in. And this he was two months before they discovered the brain tumor? Diagnosed. Oh yes, my because, God. Because for years, um, the the pediatrics said nah you know he's fine he passes our health tests and everything um but it, it just hit him all of a sudden and we don't we still don't know why um it develops so quickly like that i've i'm a, I'm a bit lost for words because i can visualize that so well i was gonna you know i was gonna wait until you finished obviously and then say oh the way you described that as crawling out of the cupboard but when you said it was like a snake and then it sat on the crown of his head. Honestly, that is 
It's so, you know what? You know what it reminds me of? It, it's so, everyone can visualize that now because you described it so well. Um, and it, the fact you say, you know, it crawled out, it sat on his crown and then it crawled back in. It's so, it's not, it's not even scary. It's bone chilling is what it is. Yeah. It, it's not like a shadow man jumping out of the cupboard. You know, it, it's something darker and demonic. And you know, when you say like, it feels like the family's marked, that for me is the biggest yeah. indicative story of that. That's just absolutely yeah. petrifying. It's kind of cold. And I'm not saying just because it's a snake, but it's kind of cold blooded. It's like, I always visualize proper demons, real actual demons. I know we use the word a lot mm -hmm. to describe just shadow people and all this, but I mean, I always think actual demons and devils would have this air of, methodicalness about them they wouldn't try and scare you they just go about the day to wreak havoc but in a very calm manner and that's what that sounds like it's terrifying yeah it, it that was probably the lowest point in our lives um i remember he was in treatment for a couple months in in our downtown houston mm. um and he was he came home because the, the doctor said you know uh, after doing chemo, he can stay home for a month and then come back to do it um, closer to your house. Yeah. So he he gets home. It was the very first day he gets home, and a, a friend of our family friend comes over, and they all you know start we all we all start eating with them, mm. and my sister goes and sits with him, and mind you, he hasn't been alone since he's been diagnosed. The moment yeah. she walks out to get some water, comes back in, he's having a full-blown seizure. What? How awful. Yes. So he has a seizure. We, the ambulance comes, takes him home, or takes him to the hospital, sorry, yeah. from our house. And my sister stays um, with our family friends. And she, they're sitting at our dining table, which is right next to the master bedroom, which is where he was laying. Mm. And my little, our dog uh, runs into the bedroom, you know, to sleep or to like, to, I guess, to stay where he was staying at mm. on, on his little, like, I guess a day bed it was, a day bed. And then all of a sudden, my family friend says she saw him jump up and something just pushes him like full force off the bed. And he like yells. Oh, my Christ. Yeah. Uh, it it's it freaked everybody out that was still there mind you we're in the hospital we didn't know what happened yeah i yeah. get back they tell me and uh i i didn't know what to do um it totally like like on top of what happened it also mortified me yeah that definitely. something is still following him or oh following us God. so uh, i mean obviously you did mention Ali, so, so your brother's okay now in terms of Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Well, thank God for that. That's good. Yes. Um. So as we start, to, I, I can't. You know what, Alex? I did not expect this call to make me feel as I feel now, which is absolutely um on edge. Really. Yeah. He says laughing, but uh, yeah, on edge. Um. So just before, as we as we wrap up the call now, mate, is how mm -hmm. is there anything any final story that you, that you you want to get across before we we say our goodbyes from i guess i guess we can talk about um my dad 
uh, my dad doesn't really like to talk about, you know, paranormal stuff, just like yeah. most um, of our family does. Uh, but one day, you know, I work with him uh, since ever since I graduated high school. Uh, so we've been pretty close talking to each other about these things. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, has anything weird happened to you? And this can be really brief. And he goes, yeah, when I first got here to, to the U.S., to Houston, mm-hmm. uh, I was staying in this uh, rundown weird apartment. And I went to go buy myself um, a TV. This was in the, I think, early 80s. So, you know, it was those big, fat, you know, like a, weird, like a box fat, TV. Yeah. Yeah. Like the big, bulky ones. So he bought it. He bought it used, I think. Mm. And the guy was like, uh, I really don't want it. So I'll give it to you for about $10, $10 ticket. Go get out wow. of here. And my dad was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Whatever. $10 TV. Nice. So he says he hooks it up, starts watching. Uh, I think football or something. Yeah. And he starts falling asleep. And then all of a sudden he feels like somebody pushes his head into the mattress and he can't breathe. He's like, <laughs> like that. And then he feels like he hears someone in his ear go, you're not waking up from this one. You're not getting out of here. Oh my God. And at that, like a couple of seconds later, his roommate comes in and he's like, Hey, what's wrong with you? And he goes, <gasps> I can breathe again. And then, you know, what? he goes on with his night. Like nothing happened. And so, I'm just blown away there. So that, so that, so it's kind of like a cursed TV set, we think, that he's bought. It seems like it, yeah. He said the next day he threw that TV out. And he's like, I don't want it. And just threw it in the trash. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. Oh, and he said that when he was younger, he would see gnomes in his house. Oh really? Yes, like like um, like, like little like people. garden gnomes. Yes, yeah. like he said they had the little like cone hat and everything. Yeah, yeah. But he said that they would pick up little rocks and just chunk it at people just to be, uh, I guess, like fairies in yeah. Ireland. Exactly. Yeah. So they would they would chunk uh, little rocks at them, and he said that one night he saw a pit, a golden pit, in like further away from where he was. And legend says that if you go into that pit or grab money from that pit, you're going to hell. Oh my and god! It's the gnomes' money. Well, you know, it's. I know this. Every time somebody says something, I go, "Oh, I've got a story about that." But it, that's what you do when you do host one of these shows. But um, in fact, this is on record somewhere. I think I, I discussed it when it was on Brennan's show and the Ghost Story guys. Um, I used to, we used to have a tree at the bottom of my dad's garden, right? And when I used to lie in bed, sometimes I would visualize this tree. And always when I visualized this tree, there would be two gnomes with pickaxes, right? At the foot of this tree, mining a pot of gold. And it was, I know, honestly, honestly, I'm like, and they weren't like, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I'm not, I was never as a child into gnomes or anything like that. There was no reason why it should be a thought. Um, now you've got me thinking there's a portal to hell in my dad's back garden. But it's an interesting sort of like um, cultural thing that because I know the stories of gnomes, uh, and I'm saying gnomes, I don't necessarily mean gnomes. I mean, like what I'm sure you mean, you know, like spirit folk, tiny little people. Um, yeah. Uh, that they do come out and throw stones and cause mischief, you know, if you're on their land or if you're doing certain stuff. There's a guy in Ireland who's actually been appointed by the council to look after fairy forts, um, little hills, and to make sure that they're not like, tarmacked over and stuff oh wow i didn't know that yeah yeah it's really interesting i mean it's a it's a weird job to have to put on your cv i suppose but um mm-hmm. but yeah so um thank you alex i really do want to say that you know it's been an absolute pleasure 
to have you on today. And if you've got anything else that you want to come on and talk about, or if you've got more stories like that, sorry, my TV's just come on behind me. Yeah, I um, I, I noticed that okay, the, his TV just I turned just on. There's no one here. It's like the it's like the it's like the old saying says, uh, "Speak of the devil, and he'll appear." Oh, nice one, Alex. I need that. Yeah. Um, oh man. Honest to God, just as we're talking about a haunted TV, I'm not having that. Um, it must. I'm hoping it's on a timer. Why can you set a timer for it to come on? To come on? I don't think. I wouldn't so, think right? so. You, but you can't set a timer. Turn it on. No, you can turn it off with timer. Uh, well, the remote controls on the bed. I'm made up that you're you 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 you're on the the camera. Um, I noticed that. I was like, is he gonna notice that it turned on, or did somebody or somebody in the room with you? No, there's uh there's the cat, but she's. I'm just checking now to see if she's walking around with the remote control in her mouth, which she's not actually. <laughs> um, well, that's freaked me out. And you didn't really need to end it with the saying, "Talk of the devil, and he will appear." <laughs> Um, not after the day I've had, but those stories, Alex, sincerely, mate, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. I've not, I've never, as I said earlier, it's very rare that I've had this, this feeling following a call with someone. And you know, what's very strange. I've just remembered now in the haze of this blue light of the bastard TV behind me. Um, this TV's come on once before on a call. Um, and I I need to find out what that call was about. Because you know what, if I go back and listen I'm shaking now because I'm thinking if I go back and listen and, and, and we're talking about the devil on that call, I think oh, I might no. just stop doing live calls. Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so Alex, I'll let you get back to your, to your family holiday, mate. Um, all right. You enjoy the rest of your vacation. I'm sure you've all deserved it. And congratulations on your sister for graduating too. Um, and yeah, I'll let you go. Please come back on again, mate, if you get any more stories or if you've got anything else to share. Oh, I got a, I got a container full of stories. If you would have me on here anytime, I would have really glad to do it. I will get you back on next month. Um, right. How about that? Yeah, because so, like I said, I didn't talk about my mom, and that, that's a whole other, um, speak that talk about her. Okay. Well, let with me and you, you drop me an email when you get back from your vacation, mate. I mean, you, we'll get you on in July. So we'll leave it a couple of okay. weeks and then we'll get you back on to talk about your mother and I'll try and do it without this telly in the background so that I can't freak <laughs> out. Um, all right. Thank you very much, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Speak to you soon, mate. All right. Bye thank now. You. Bye-bye. So there we go. That was Alex's call. Seriously, that television going on at the end freaked me out. He's literally talking about a haunted TV and my TV just turned on. Can it happen if a battery's low in a remote? Possibly. You know, I'm not saying it was the devil, because I'm sure the devil has got more maniacal things to do than just go, I'm going to turn on your TV. <laughs> you know, it probably has a more terrifying laugh than that too. Oh, sorry. Just got things playing in my headphones there. Anywho, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I'm sure that you enjoyed it because Alex was a wonderful human being. And don't forget, if you've got a story that you want to share, send it in to contact at talkaboutghost.com and I will read it out. Or if you want to come on the show, send the same email address an email. And uh, yeah, and if you want more content and who doesn't, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Okay then, guys, I think that's enough for today. Take care of yourselves and each other. Copyright Jeremy Springer, mid-90s styley. Tatty bye.